it's Diana's birthday episode, and we're going to celebrate with the return of creepy ghost children. We're going to learn why Liz is going to put pentacles on her Jeep. And also, all creepy dolls should be killed with fire. Let's go. episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana i'm liz you know and, it is oh, oh yeah she's oh. gonna go about the episode but now yeah, before you even start that <laughs> this episode is like episode 19 blah 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 but really this episode should be titled diana's birthday episode because it's diana's birthday Woo! there's like some fireworks going off there's streamers everywhere if you could see her right now there's confetti just dropping all over her it's everywhere. great yep it's getting stuck she's, in my tiara, which I actually yeah. Mind. She's getting sprayed with champagne. It's kind of gross. I'm like, that's gonna be sticky and leave a mark later. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, blah blah. This is season one, episode nineteen. Okay, there's that <laughs> intro. All right, over Yay. that, over that. Okay, so happy birthday, Diana. Thanks. Welcome to your day. Yes. How was your day then? It was pretty. It was. It was good. We. It's been uh, recovery from vacation day uh, because we just got back from. Belize. Belize, how is your terrible sunburn back? <laughs> it does not feel great. Um, I need to, I found my aloe after sun stuff. So that's going on before, like a thick layer before bed tonight with the t-shirt over it kind of deal. Um, what's funny is that like from the front, I look like, oh, she got a little sun. She's fine. I look kind of pale because of light right now. But if you see the any video or screenshots, but my back is not the same color as my front of my body it is very red no and, you look uh, like your back looks like a lobster with yes. weird blotches on it yes it does um but it is the result of a wonderful couple of days uh on vacation two days of snorkeling and hanging in the water um one day of just drinking at a beach like you do yep. and uh just a really good time with uh some uh wonderful wonderful dear friends of mine including Liz. Yeah, and I can't believe that like, you left out like I also got this because I was fighting a shark. Like, yeah, she got I, into a I, fist fight with a shark. I, I did kind of have to fight a shark. It was crazy. And apparently our tour guide was laughing at it, at the whole scenario, which is disconcerting, but also kind of hilarious because he was certain that nothing would happen. But yeah, um, we went Which to, is why we love him. And we will- It is. We will, That's why we love him. And we will plug him. And we strongly recommend Secrets. Uh, Secrus tours in um, uh, Ambergris Cave, um, Ambergris Key, excuse me. And then, um, but yeah, we went to Shark Ray Alley after after we after a day of fishing. Me and Liz and um, our dear friend Kelly and my dear husband, uh, we um, fished and they made us fresh fresh ceviche from Conk. And then we had uh, all the fish we caught while sitting on a private beach drinking rum punch, uh, surrounded by pelicans, which was amazing. One of them yeah. named Marty. And then uh, another day, we um, went uh, snorkeling at Shark Ray Alley uh, in a whole Chan Marine Reserve. And that's where you get to go see a bunch of stingrays and sharks. And really, the sharks and stingrays are just kind of trained to go hang out there a lot. It's nurse sharks. And uh, while we were snorkeling, 
they had the the sharks all churned up because they get all excited. They know as soon as they hear the boats that that's when the tourists are coming, and that means they get fed because all the boats touring bring food for the sharks. Anyways, so they're feeding it, and these fish were fighting right in front of me. And then um, I'm like watching. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna cut it back up. I don't really want to be that close to a fish fight. This is kind of a little freaky, but cool, cool, cool. And then one of the one of the really large nurse sharks was swimming up right then to get involved in this fight, and then just like stops on a dime, turns and looks right at me, and starts swimming straight towards me. And I'm just like like facing it like swimming backwards just like reverse 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 so just kicking my feet and then and then by then i guess i kicked up enough bubbles and freaked out enough that he swam away yeah so our theory is that it was because diana had sparkly nails and he <laughs> thought her hands were fishes uh, that's our theory i i also like this we went snorkeling i did not go snorkeling because this well, was went, day three fishing day yeah well yeah <laughs> i went fi- i went fishing and you know we slammed some fish and it was great yeah. uh Diana's husband won biggest fish. I think you won most fish. I don't remember. But yeah, by day three, I, I was most like, conk. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of conk. You did get a lot of conk. She dove down. Like she just went straight down for all that conk. Like, just head down. down just, and grabbed him. Just grabbed, grabbed that him. conk by the shell. And yeah, but by day three, I think that was, I was like, hey, this is the most people I have seen in like a year and a half. And I'm going to go sit in my room and take a nap. Because there hadn't been any naps. And I think like that is a problem with every vacation. Like one, like you guys all like, it was cool. Like I'm cool with being grownups and going to bed at like 10 or 11. But also I'm okay staying up later because I usually take naps. And there were no mm. naps like built into our vacation. So mm. I'm not, I was I'm like, a, I'm not a napper. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I am. So it was like, by that point, I was like, I am so tired. I yeah. need to sleep. So Yeah. Um. So I didn't swim with the shark. So, beh. I mean, I, I saw my lifelong dream to punch a shark in the nose. We'll have to come another day. Yeah. But, so what, what's your birthday drink? Uh, tonight I, I busted out the, well, first with dinner, we cooked grilled steak and had my last bo- bottle of Coleman. Uh, and it was lovely. And then now we're on to the Vouv. Having some champagne. Vouv, Vouv. Mm-hmm. Get your bubbles on. Yeah. Get my bubbles on. I'm just drinking a Pinot Noir, but also I really miss wine. We're down there because uh, that island is not known for good wine selection. No. Uh, it really was not. And, mm-hmm. you know, which is fine. I can, we, I drank a fuck ton of rum and drank a fuck ton of Belgian. And yeah. yep. So all good. Yep. Yeah, I was cracking up when at the nice restaurant, they had the Kim Crawford listed really high on the. Yeah. I mean, it was like, ah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will drink some Kim Crawford at the beach. Give me that. Give me that, that, um, soft blanc, but, oh, that's, hmm. yeah, no, I am for me. So, yep. All right. Bye. I think the cat is trying to destroy all the shit on this table. Go, go sit she's, there. She's Thank so you. mad at you for leaving town. She is. Oh, cool. All right. So birthdays, I know we're back to the real world. Yay. Yes. Yeah, <sighs> but we're back to our our show. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, have, I have mixed feelings about this one. So uh, 
<laughs> I have many mixed feelings about this episode, but I have some really good feelings about it. Uh, there are things I really liked. Um, and so this is episode uh, 19 of season one, like we said earlier, this provenance. And we'll get into how often throughout the show they say provenance. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's not how you say that word, but whatever. Um, it was first aired April 13th, 2006, and was directed by uh, Phil Scriccia. Scriccia, I learned how to say his name last time we directed an episode. And yeah, I can't remember it. Um, and also David Ehrman was the writer. Uh, I was too busy trying to fastly type up research notes to really delve much into the research behind this episode. So that's what you got. Um, go find that other episode I talked about that dude. And yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. it's post-vacation episode. So yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that. Right. Yeah, no, but the lore is going to be fucking fantastic. I will tell yeah. you this. And of course, I, we didn't get pictures of me lying on the beach reading my murder murder books, uh, which we should what have. You were, and you were. Yeah, I was. Complete, I was completely lying on a beach, uh, on a beach chair, drinking a rum drink and reading my murder book. So yeah. that's what I do. Uh, all right. So let's just start this off. All right. We're going to start off with a creepy fucking painting. Yeah. yeah, creepy fucking painting is where it kicks off. Uh, and this couple talk about how they bought it at an event with an open bar. I'm like, Sounds been very there. reasonable. Sounds very reasonable. This is been there, reasonable. done that. All right. And then, they're, and then how... they're like, but then like, I'm also weirded out. And I, and I will come back to this about like, so you bought this weird ass painting that you probably spent too much on. And like, you really want to, you just got it. You're going to put it somewhere that prominent in your house. Okay. That's a choice. Okay, yeah. They could also still, they also seem like they were so drunk. Yeah, so they were pretty loaded. I, I, can, I can imagine this exact same thing happening to us, us being yeah. at an auction, getting loaded. Like, oh, this painting is fucking awful. I'm going to spend <laughs> so much money on it. And then like getting home, I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to fucking hang it right here. And then the next yeah. day, like, waking up and being like, what the fuck is that? Like, and then like, oh, oh, what shit. have I done? Yeah. What did I buy? Although, unfortunately, they don't get to have that that moment of. Oh, at no, least they don't have their hangover. They just had. Oh, dark, dark. I was gonna say, oh. yeah. They oh, just, this is gonna be I was like, so they, dark. They just have to live with that purchase, and I was like, oh wait, but never no, mind. No, no, oh. they didn't have to live with that purchase. At least, yeah, they don't have to do that drunken reconciliation of the checkbook and be like, oh, you spent ten thousand dollars on what? Yeah. So. Oh yep. man. So yeah. And they're going for sexy time. And, yeah, because and, and creepy because drunk they're drunk, make... and they drunk and they bought a painting. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then you see the first creepy, creepy, the real creepy moment, other than the fact the painting's just creepy in general is the, the man in the picture. It's a family, obviously the man's head turns to follow as she goes up. The woman goes upstairs. We got a moving painting. Uh-oh. Oh my God. Fuck. This is kind of like a mirror to me. So I don't like this. <laughs> Okay. Vain. I, I can see that. that. Yeah. A reasonable like thing. So, anyways, so I'm not thrilled. And then they and you notice that something else is missing from the painting. And I uh, that it was the it's a razor that was at the on the edge of the table. And so we get the chicks upstairs trying to be all sexy with her candle lit. And then the candle blows out. And something weird's happening. Guy locks up the house and as he he comes into the bedroom and. Like, <laughs> and then he like crawls in the bed and i don't know if you noticed the squish noise as he put his <laughs> hand in the sheet it's like this like liquidy noise in the in the in the blanket and i'm like oh god i'm gonna throw up like that also i think i've had like that noise when i stepped in like dog vomit in my house because i have dogs yeah. so. anyways it was kind of that sound and you're like oh and he's like what's that smell and i'm like oh <laughs> even worse like oh no you know she's dead. I mean, like, I'm obviously getting that in the story, but I'm just like, oh, this is kind of gross, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, there, 
there there was a fuck ton of blood that was a fuck ton it of was blood. a fuck ton of blood but yeah so they turn i mean obviously he's turned the light she's dead and then yeah, he... and, and obviously his erection is down by now I <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. <laughs> I really oh my god how bad would it be if like rigor set in like right then and like so he's just like dead with like a permanent erection uh, like and then and then yeah, you're the, the coroner and like having to like try and push that down oh that's so awful. I, oh, i'm getting so dark tonight guys this is oh, this is good this is good this is gonna um, go bad yeah so, they, right. so, they, so they did they did they did and then we cut to a bar where I'm very confused about some of the contrast of the scenery of this bar. Um, I was trying to read the signage of, of what was on, on the stage and it was really difficult to read, but it looked like something you'd see at like a metal or a punk bar. It looked like something that said like, like Showcore or something like that, but with skulls. And I was like, okay. But the music was not that sad. It was like the bar, it was like they took a lot of like normal people and played normal music in a rock and roll bar. It was just a very weird, like, huh. Right, Maybe right. it was their theme bar, and they're like, "This is where like rock and roll people go. We're gonna be rock and roll, but we're gonna play." You know, I, the only thing that comes to mind is Britney, and I don't want to trash Britney like that. No, so, no, some other equivalent of like some modern pop. It, was, it wasn't even like it was like it was like adult contemporary is what I would categorize the music as, as opposed to like. Pop. <laughs> so, but it was it was a song called "Suck It to Me, Baby" by Gino. So sorry, Gino, for knocking you. It just didn't. It just seemed very incongruous to me. Yes. So. um yeah so i was like this and then like the audience and the, the audience and the music matched the location did not that was what i was kind of like weirded out by so dean's getting a chick's phone number obviously sam's, and sam's doing research obviously yeah, sam's looking through murder papers and i get it sam sometimes you just sit in a bar <laughs> and you read murder papers oh. yeah I'm, i am here for you sam I also like, but it's sad because you were that young. Um, I don't know if at that young, if I had given up that much, but at this point you're going to find me in a bar reading a murder book. That's going to be it. Um, <laughs> uh, also, but he's like reading like rando local newspapers. And I was, Where the fuck did you get this newspaper? And it was just like, it was like, I don't know. Oh, like, did yeah. you get a Google alert and then order that newspaper to come to you? Uh, and it's like two weeks maybe. old. It's like, yeah uh okay yeah I'm, I'm not totally buying this but all right no. so it, yeah he's making the connections between what he's reading in the rando paper and stuff and dad's journal and dean's like cool can wait till tomorrow so i can get my dick wet yeah because he, he wants shore leave which is his reference for it because he's telling these these chicks that he's a fucking la tv scout looking for some people with special skills <laughs> what bitch believes that shit <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. If you were that stupid and some guy tells you that he's a movie producer, you uh, I, I can't say you deserve what you get because that sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. no. But also, no, no, that is never that is never real. Yeah, a, a little healthy dose of skepticism might be smart. In general, have healthy skepticism whenever like some brando is hitting on you in a bar. And you can just accept it and run with it. And I'm more power to you. Sometimes you just need to get laid. And I'd probably be like, sure. That's what you do. And then it would mm -hmm. make up a new a new thing for me myself. Like, yes, I am also a model. And that is that is clearly I model, you know, um, I, I don't know what I would model, but uh, I'm sure I could come up with something like tennis shoes. Like I model tennis shoes. I'm a Converse model. Converse uh, model. I like I'm it. a Converse model. 
All right. So yeah, then Dean Mood goes back and the chick is also drinking bar wine. And I'm like, oh man, like, like unless you're- I'm looking at that place looking like a rock and roll bar, and you really don't want that bar wine. Ooh. No, no. Like unless if you're in a rando dive bar, unless like you're yeah, super alco, like there is a reason you should ever be drinking whatever bar, whatever wine they have on stock. If you're in a wine bar, cool. That bar, that not a wine bar. Yeah, the stuff I have in a box on top of my fridge tastes better than whatever shit you were drinking. Because that shit was open four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, God. Oh, oh man. I'm going to vomit now. Okay. So, uh, but I will say they do have a brief exchange before he goes back over to get his dick wet. Um, they do have their brief bef- before Sam is able to mention the connection to dad. He... Um, they have their same old, like, is it one of our cases or is it just another murder? No, 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 no. Like, no dad was tracking it too happened this year this year this year so it's a pattern it's 1912 1945 and 1970 so yep thanks for being thorough dad and we putting all your notes in order faster yeah. mm-hmm. um yep so they do that blah blah and the next day like dean is hung over the car so much like i get you sam and also get you dean like i am here for this okay yes i have <laughs> there have been days when i've woken up in a car not knowing what i did sometimes i bought a creepy painting but you know like yeah I, I am here for this, Dean. I, I understand. And Sam honks the horn on him, which I thought was great because mm-hmm. I also would do that because that sounds hilarious. It's funny. Yep. Uh, my friends and, and relatives' pain is, is always funny. Um, except for Diana's back. That's not funny. Well, it is kind of. It's a little but, funny. It's okay. Yeah, it's a little funny. All right. So we're going out to an auction. Gonna go to an auction house. Woo-hoo. First, they did. They scanned the, they scanned the house, though, by the way. So that's why they know to go uh, to the auction house. They scanned the house with the EMF reader, found it was completely clean, but also the house had been emptied. So that's why they have to go to the auction house because all this, these, this like couple, this, I guess, couple oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a bunch of money. So all their shit went straight to fucking auction after they died. Yep. Which is kind of depressing too, but whatever. Um, well, and, they, and at least they acknowledge that later that it's weird that it went that fast. Yeah. And, and I was uh, amused by them parking by baby in this scene, by the way, because they park baby in the parking lot at, right at the, at the, at the auction house. And it's, there's literally a fucking, you know, a Jag, a Rolls, a Ferrari, a Porsche in this parking lot. But this is the worst baby has looked yet. Like, even beat <laughs> up, like, as fuck, like, driving through a fence. This is the worst she has looked. Like, I'm always like, the fucking motherfuckers with the perfect paint job always polished up just right and waxed. Like, this fucking bullshit. It's impossible to keep it that clean all the time. Oh, but of course, in this scene, because they want the contrast, it's all fucking dirty. Somehow the chrome is all fucked up now. It looks all pitted. I'm like, uh, no, that didn't just, like, magically happen. They can't just do that. So I'm a little irritated about that, just so you know. Yeah, I guess I they were irritated. making the contrast point, but I was also like, uh, no, no that's cool. It's fucking cool. It was yeah, so no, cool. and... And it would look good there. Like, as long as she was clean, she would fit in. And I also, we should probably do a comp on that. I want to know how much a pristine uh, 67 Impala would look. How much it would cost. Because I'm pretty sure it's not cheap and would look, like, really good with all those other cars. And you would not look poor. Um, Okay. So, now we get inside and then we get the, oh, you're poor shit from the auction house owner. And Dean's such a dick. (laughs) Well, I would be too. Like, and trust me, having been somebody who is covered in tattoos and, you know, yeah. occasionally goes to things where people have a lot of money mm-hmm. and I work with some really impressive companies and some CEOs and shit like that. And I get that look all the time. I'm like, yeah, 
You think it was like, no, I belong to be here just as much as you do, you yeah. fucking, you fucking asshole. So I would have been a dick to that guy as much as I could. And I would have been fucking with him. But also, yeah. like, what? You put on, like, all these special outfits to go places and you don't, like, put on a suit to go to a fancy auction? Well, they've got a fucking priest outfit, like, a few episodes ago. They've got fucking, yeah. you know, mover uniforms one day. And then they, they just show up in their Carhartt hoodie. Like, really? Like, that seems like the best. But either way, whatever. Yeah. And also, you're good looking. Good looking guys can get away with a lot of shit. And it's just pretty people who can, can, can just do whatever they want. So, um, anyway, so we get the you're poor shit. No, we belong here. We're art dealers. Blah, We're blah, invited. Blah. We're on the guest list. Yep. I'm on the list. Uh, I'm with the DJ. So uh, they're like, I'm with the DJ. Check that shit out. Um, and then we get to see a pretty girl. There's a pretty girl. Sarah. I actually really like Sarah. So no, I do too. Uh, I do too. I like her character and and uh the chick. It's, it's interesting. And yeah, I, no, I think she's gorgeous too. She's just so she's pretty. from Arlington, Texas, too. Of course <laughs> she's pretty. She's a Texas girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor sense. Taylor Cole. Um, she's done like quite a few like small roles on television shows, but looks like uh re- most recently a shit ton of like lifetime and holiday and Hallmark movies, which more power to you. Get paid, do it but I'm, I, I'm down with that. Like I, bet yeah, she I enjoyed like, some of those over the holidays. I don't care. Yeah. yeah but it seems like a lot of what she's done real, like in the last couple of years. Hey, that holiday, like, like that loose, that shit pays. And they're like factories for that now. They yeah. just pop that shit out. As long as you got yourself some residuals girls, you go for it. And also you're doing lifetime. Probably did some murder shows. So, so also down with that. Uh, cool. So she comes out and she tries to capture, capture them and say, it looks like American primitive art. And Sam's like, no, nah. I think this mm-hmm. looks more like Grant Wood than Grandma Moses. And then I vomited my mouth because I was like, that is also a pretentious response. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try to just like, you could have just said, bitch, no, this is not American primitive. And it does, it does have a bit of a Grant Wood feeling to it. Okay, I get that. Yes, it looks like American Gothic. All right, got it. All right, yeah. so anyhow. All right, so love connection, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, he is, and he wants to see the provenances. Provenance, not provenance. Provenance, yes. Um, so and then they get kicked out because they're poor and that uh, <laughs> you know? and, and sarah's daddy figured it out who is the one who runs the auction house of course was that the dad yeah david oh, Blake, I, dad. Mm-hmm. oh i thought the guy in the dad suit, i thought the guy in the seat was somebody else that's not no they met him at the beginning he's like this is my auction house and you're not on my list I thought he looked different anyways i don't care i don't care about the dad uh so anyway so they get thrown out bye <laughs> And they go and they do the fucking coolest motel room. (laughs) Oh my god, it's such a good motel. I like the TripAdvisor ratings on the shit has to be through the roof. I love the little disco sign, like with the do not disturb. And I'm not like real big on like disco disco stuff, but this room, everything's black, white, silver, super graphic. I love it. I want to stay in this motel. I want to stay in that motel. It is great. Uh, Yeah, art direction. Good job. Love it. Yes. Um, yes. So we're there. All made, right. Made, up, and, made uh, up for making baby dirty in the previous scene. Yeah. Almost. And then, <laughs> and then of course, like, so they're talking about stuff and then Dean says provenance wrong and then Sam corrects him and then still says it wrong. And I'm like, ah, yeah. the archivist of me is just really pissed at this. But um, anyways, I, it's just like, it's like, oh, I'm going to try and correct you on this, but I'm also going to be wrong. So then I'm just like, no, 
now mlk is like you're you're almost there and you just didn't quite get it well it's just like no but if you clearly don't like i just hate the showing off and then being wrong it was like you can't show off and be wrong you better be right um all right so yeah there's like well what about the provenance and then so I don't know. I, I skipped a dinner here. I told you I have really shitty notes. No, 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 you're good. You haven't yet. You haven't yet. You're, we're good there. So they get the, um, um, they keep, they're talking about that. And then Dean convinces Sam to go to dinner with Sarah to pump her for information. And Dean or Sam is so fucking awkward about this. And like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's almost like over the top awkward. I get he's like, that's his thing, but it was also a lot. So, and then like, and she's like, a little much. yeah. Yeah. And she's and she, like, okay. You, I mean, obviously you actually like this person and you like sit and like empathize with small children awkwardly all the time. Just talk to her like another fucking person. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. You're, you're a grown up. But either, other than that, I know he was just feeling super pressured by Dean and obviously he's kind of shy. Well, so oh, I, I don't even know if it's a shy thing. I think he's putting up walls. He's doing it. Well, that too. Like, well, and really then like, she's like, like this girl. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like sharing and then he like won't share anything. And then she still gives him the provenance. And I'm like, oh, fuck that shit. I wouldn't be giving him motherfucker anything because he was super with like weird at dinner. Yeah. No, I have, a, <laughs> I, do, I do have some things in here. I'm like, well, some, she she bends over a lot for him <laughs> but you know it's um also uh this is the other notes of this too is like you know there's a wine list thing where she's like oh i'm not gonna make oh, you yeah. feel bad about not getting on the wine list i'm like and here's a beer i'm like look and also that wine list looked really extensive you know what you yeah. do you find a mediocre price wine say what can you tell me about this one that's a you just and also like never be afraid if you're at a yeah. restaurant there's a sommelier just be like Sommelier, I don't know why I said it that way. Yeah. Uh, probably because I'm halfway. Sommelier, yeah. Sommelier. But she's like, hey, just save, save Romeo the effort here and then, like, just get me a beer. And he's like, so relieved. Oh, me too. Like, oh, she's yeah. a cool chick. To Drink some beer. goddamn wine. Wine is tasty. Open up your shit. <laughs> um, so, um, but also the other thing I think is like, oh, look, we have another girl who died and this is who Sam was attracted to. This is the second one of like, oh, like she's surrounded by horror and death. And I'm like, and I like that. <laughs> you know? So oh. uh, so she gives him the provenance and uh, she should have just given him photocopies. I don't know why it looked like she gave him some original. Yeah, shit. Like, it was kind of weird. And then like, and Dean's being still, still really skeevy, but then realizes that but because he actually realizes this chick likes Sam and then that Sam kind of likes her and anyways so they do figure out that what the what the painting is and to say decide that they need to go burn that motherfucker yep and we get a really okay. yeah they do and we get a really fun b and e scene we do it's uh, a fun one um when they break into the auction house they do I, some I, major parkour yeah. like getting over that fence <laughs> jumping the fence and like hacking the fucking alarm system and all that kind do, of do, stuff. Do, do, do. yeah Mission yeah. Impossible playing in the background. I don't know. What Actually, it's a bunch of guitar solos yeah. on the Netflix version. <laughs> and apparently, I, I did not get a chance to verify this, but according to the internet, that song is called Decapitation Variations. Just really funny for this episode. Just saying. But, I'll take uh, it. By uh, Christopher Leonard. So and I was amused by that. I'm like, I don't care if it's totally accurate or not. I'm trusting somebody that's a bigger, a big longtime fan of Supernatural, what they said it was. So I'm like, huh. So yeah. And so they find the painting and they cut the painting out of the frame and, uh, and then they go to burn it. And I like that Dean says, I was like, if you ask me, we're doing the art world a favor. <laughs> and I was amused by the yeah. Fair. That's a pretty, that's a pretty creepy fucking painting. 
But as it's burning in the ground in front of them, you see inside the frame, inside the auction house, the picture reforming itself. I think that is convenient. Like, if that artwork actually exists, like, I wouldn't have to worry about things. Like, yeah, just, like, burn it down. It comes back. Like, you could spill coffee on it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. accidentally trip and break a frame. Like, you wouldn't cut the canvas. Like, yep, this seems great. This is the technology I approve of. Go for this, ghost. Solid investment. Solid investment. Uh, But then, yeah, by the time the painting fully burns up, they're looking at, there's a fully intact one inside the auction house again. Oops. And they think that they've, like, finished the job. And then we go back to the motel the next day when they're going to leave. And Dean is freaking out about losing his wallet. And he thinks he lost his wallet <laughs> at the auction house. Uh, this is where I go, Dean was not a smooth criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam is pissed. And I'm kind of like, I'm like, what? Really? This is, I'm like, fucking Also, we, we also know Dean has a chain wallet. There's no way Dean does not have a chain <laughs> They're trying to sneak around, and of course, and then it all clicks. They run into Sarah again. Oh, so and then awkward, bad flirting. Uh, I have to leave. I can't leave. Oh no! Bye. Yeah. Uh. So we're gonna make a big deal about how she won't let her dad sell the painting because it's too creepy and a bad taste. Yeah. Yep. All right, but we're gonna go like. Do you have anything else to say about this auction house scene? Because I was just like, whatever. No, it's fine. <laughs> This is also oh, but that's when, but that's when, uh, that's when they that they do realize the painting is intact again. That's yeah. the important part right here. This is where they see that, that there is, is a a full the, the painting is still completely intact. It, it is not it, gone like they thought intacted? it was. The painting intact. is intact. It was intact. <laughs> it was intacted. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. So they're gonna go to this. It was a bookstore, right? That's the thing I was trying to figure out. I was like, this was not a library. Libraries are not this chaotic. It looks like an old used bookstore. Yeah, that had to be. I wrote like a library question mark. I don't know. They're just talking to like a, like Wilford Brimley about freaking old oh, stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it was a bookstore just because the way that it was made up and the way things were acting. But yeah. I was like, he's got a lot of local lore. Also, yeah. he spends his nights at home watching murder shows. So I'm down with yes. him. Like in 2006, like he had to really search for this shit. He was probably watching like old toys. Yeah, he didn't have ID. He didn't have True. Like he was just like, he didn't have Discovery Plus. It has them all in one place and groups them by serial, kill- serial killers or whatever other things that are in there. Anyways, uh, I, I kind of love the creepy guy because <laughs> he was very excited about he everything. He is giggling through all of these creepy conversations they're having, which I noted as well. I'm like, he's like, <laughs> murdered his whole fucking family. <laughs> and Dean's also like, <laughs> he murdered his whole family. And I'm and like, I- oh, these people are all fucking weird. What are you doing? You know, this is to- this would totally be me in that store with him. Like, and you'd be like, God damn it, Liz. Like, stop giggling over the murder family. I'm like, ah, because this is actually what I have at exclamation marks. It's a murder family. Just- <laughs> of course you do. Murder yeah, family. I know. This is this is totally gonna become like a, a new Netflix special. It's gonna be like I'll be very excited when I see like the release on it. Um, so speaking of Netflix specials, and um, so I think this is a good time. Because you know, there was got a murder family, murdered by dad. And there should have been a Netflix special about these family, but there wasn't one. So I'm gonna talk about something else that needs a Netflix special but doesn't have one. Mm. And so it's time for Laura Diana. Lore. It is. It had to get fit in somewhere. This seemed like a no spot. Um, Go for it. 
right, so we're going to talk about Corpsewood Manor. Um, I would say, do you do you know anything about Corpsewood Manor? Nope. Yeah, clearly Diana was fucking shit faced on vacation because I tried to tell her this story like twice. Oh yeah, you did, maybe. <laughs> I, was like, I was like so no, I was so excited familiar. about yeah, I was like so excited about this. So I was like, Diana's not gonna remember any of this. Uh, there was a lot of rum. There was a lot of rum. This was actually I talked about it the night we were drinking uh, shitty wine at uh, oh. the tapas bar. Oh, and oh, then yeah, we, right. we and then we found our, our little our grove outside of the best bathrooms yes. ever. Yes, oh yes, God, the little cave, the cave bathroom and our grove with the full moon. Yeah, and I think these cave bath those cave, cave bathrooms are really good in place. The corpse of man are made to that. So we're gonna start off with our main characters of this story, and that's Charles Scudder and Joey Odom. And kind of delve like halfway in her life and sorry bitches like this is gonna be a long one so put your tits in the bra and just hold on but it's so good all right so um we're gonna start off in chicago in the 1950s with a man named charles scudder at the time he was a graduate student at the la jolla school of medicine in chicago he bought a mansion on on the Upper West Side on Adams Street. And he loved the fact that it was on Adams Street because it reminded him of the Adams Family cartoons. We're gonna, so this bitch is my soul, my soulmate and I wish he still existed, all right. Um, so while he was there, uh, he moved into there with his four sons from his second wife. And that's also where he met Joey Odom in a bookstore. So I'm just gonna break out to right here. Like they're gay, they're gay men, it's the fifties. They're doing a lot of hiding here. Joey was pretty much the opposite of Charles. Joey was street smart, kind of feminine. I mean, quit school in the fifth grade, but he loved to cook. He didn't like modern things. He wanted to have like wood stoves and just kind of do his own thing. And Charles brings him into the house to become his living cook and his housekeeper. He's mm-hmm. already divorced from his second wife at this point. Um, so he's there. And like, so while Charles is going to graduate school, Joey's taking care of the house. Um, Charles is getting his PhD in pharmacology and he's specializing in psychopharmacology and behavior. So (laughs) drugs. Yay. And he party. (laughs) And so eventually he becomes the assistant director of the Institute for the study of mind, drugs, and behavior at La Jolla. Um, And some of his academics thought Charles was a little, little too eccentric for them. He would dye his hair purple or red. He sometimes wore outrageous clothes and necklaces. At one time, he had a pet monkey. The mansion had a giant pink gargoyle fountain. I was like, oh, so, yeah, love it. He learned to play the harp and so good that even he was asked to join the Chicago Orchestra. And he was very artsy. He was always, like, he liked to paint. He was into charcoals and doing stained glass, which will come in later. Um, but, you know, he's an eccentric guy living, like, we're kind of getting into, like, late 60s, early 70s here. And eventually he's like, yeah, you know, maybe I'm a little frustrated with all the politics and all this de rigueur of, like, academia and all the orthodoxies. Uh, in a late in a later friend a later letter to a friend he expressed these frustrations and said i came to feel like a scientist indulges more than endless measurement he must speculate he must dream he must find that be- which is beyond understanding and he became very interested in the esoteric and occult so he started like learning about tarot cards and scrying and divination um so he's like okay i'm kind of getting frustrated with this and now we're in the 1970s and charles sons are adults 
and it's just him and Odom in the house. Um, one of his sons dies, so he's kind of starting to get a midlife crisis, and he comes into a modest inheritance and really felt like he'd had enough of Chicago and wanted to move off the grid somewhere. His mansion started to feel like a money pit. He said it was more like a mausoleum, a tomb requiring care, bleeding, cleaning, cleaning, and endless costly repairs. It was plagued with taxes, light bills, gas bills, water bills, heating bills, and the helpless feeling that resulted from watching my old neighborhood disintegrate. And he said, I decided to find some place in the hill of country with a glamour of four seasons without super cold winters, with a good supply of pure water and wood for heating and cooking, and most important, with the measure of isolation. I'm like, yes, bitch, I hear you. Here for you. Okay, so... He does like a bunch of surveys of like Southern states and like writing all the real estate boards. And he finally finds 40 acres um, in the Appalachian foothills. It was completely surrounded by forest land, national forest land too. So like no one's going to build on this. Right. Yeah. He has these 40 acres in the middle of nowhere. Yes. All right. So in 1976 on his 50, 50th birthday, this is a quote for Pinkin. I resigned from the school, auctioned off all the furniture and possessions I didn't care about, gave away all my electrical appliances, sold my property and arranged for a moving company to take charge of the things I wanted to keep. Then Joe and I, plus my two English Mastiffs, left for our kingdom. He also took a bunch of military grade LSD and skulls with him from his, from his job. So I'm like, yeah, Charles. So we're going to talk about his dogs. Oh my God. You know, I'll definitely, Diana, you will want to see pictures of him. Yeah. Um, so uh, two giant mastiffs, just like fucking fluffy size mastiffs. mastiffs. Um, and he named one of them Beelzebub. And these and these second, which also, if you don't know, but Beelzebub is the prince of the devils. And the second one was Arsenas, and this is likely after a Lovecraft character. I don't read too much of Lovecraft because he's no. racistic. Uh, but you know, hey, um, Still a cool name. That's Gelsabub was like, yeah, fuck you, I love you. All right, so they move, they leave Chicago in 1976, and they're moving during a blizzard. They kept getting lost trying to find their house. And on the road to their house, they they finally find the property, and there's a carcass of a rotting horse on it. So like, we're gonna name this Dead Horse Road. And then they finally get to the property, and they're like, there's all these trees. They're, they're all dead from the blizzard. So Corpsewood Ranch. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are ah, this little heart's little little heart's going over my head right now. So they literally build this house from scratch, like digging wells and all this other shit, like putting things piece by piece. Um, and while like 50, man, I just turned 40 and I don't feel like doing shit. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't even, I don't want to do yard work anymore. I know. But so they're like, no, we want to live out here and we're going to build this ourselves. Um, right. So, and while they're doing this, they start off like first in the Jeep and then they move to a camper and then they're pretty much just sleeping outside and they just have this tarp like set up and they have all this like baroque furniture like all this like vintage stuff that Storm. he took from and it's underneath a tarp so like in the middle of the woods middle of nowhere fuck off georgia uh it's chattooga county by the way which is near chattanooga tennessee but i don't i, I don't know uh but yeah, so you just go out there and there's these you know these two these two gay guys and they've got like Bell all of Bell this ranch. Yep. And like they've got a harp and all this like Victorian for you know baroque furniture just sitting under a tarp, you know. Um and so <laughs> when visitors were come by built like while they were building, they were nice. And if the visitors brought them fruit, Charles would make wine from it and then name it after the person who brought them the fruit. So this would be like That's Bob fun. wine. You know, I was like, oh obviously they get really into making their own wine. Um 
during the building process, Jerry does get into an accident with an, uh, but he's in another person's Jeep, not their Jeep, but I'll talk about their Jeep in a minute. Um, but it left Joey with a really serious head injury and he never recovers from it. You know, he pretty much like it kind of sets him back mentally a bit. And everyone's mm. like, you know, he was just became really slow. Like he still had a good sense of humor, but, um, but so now like they're out there, they're building this house from scratch. And Charles is taking care of his friend, his companion, who is now basically an invalid. And eventually he gets back up to stuff, but like he had a broken leg, he had a head injury. So like they're gonna, they'll have a house and he's like taking care of his dude, like fucking amazing. Um, so the house itself was curved brick. And so basically he laid like 46,000 bricks by himself because Joey couldn't work anymore. So Charles is just like, yeah, I'm making this house. It was three layers thick with two inch wide air spaces between the layers for insulation. Um, so they didn't need air conditioning. There was never any electricity on this property. Wow. Uh, and they, um, so the house is really, it's kind of small. It's two stories. It's 44 by 16 feet. And there's a retractable drawbridge connecting the main house to a sun deck above the entrance gazebo where they would drink tea and Charles would play harp in the moonlight. This is also where the pink gargoyle came to be because of course they brought that shit from Chicago. Just like I would, I'm like, I'm not leaving this gargoyle. I really hope the gargoyle had a name. I don't know what it was, but I hope that like, it was just like Fred. Like Fred is coming with us, you know? So Fred sits on top of this, like this fucking, there's a fucking drawbridge fred, fred, like, the, fred the gargoyle looking out of the drawbridge yep yep and like so 44 by 16 two-story i mean so that's like what it's like 1400 square foot house basically yeah i mean it wasn't huge but it was fine for them like yeah. the downstairs was their main like the kitchen and like library and stuff and then they built a second level on top of it i, I mean i can vouch for the fact that that size house is fine for two adults and three large yeah. dogs so yeah. <laughs> it's about the size yeah like, yeah, okay. And of course, so they filled the front the house with the furniture they brought with them. So all the same teak stuff. And that furniture usually isn't small. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, and also with a shit ton of occult art. And some of this he took from like a theater and other stuff he made along the way. Uh, most famously, there's this gorgeous black and gold statue of Mephistopheles. And he also made this really beautiful stained glass picture of Baphomet. Oh, so, so good. Um, and there was a sign on the road coming in which said, beware of thing which is also be aware of the thing sorry and some people was like oh this is the warning of the demon that scudder had invoked to protect protect the property but i really think it was just scudder was just a wacko and was like this sounds like something the adams family would have it would have yeah. beware of the thing like you just yeah you put that in the woods instead of beware a dog and i love you yeah. um and it was but their house was often called the devil worshippers house because this is georgia 19 late 1970s early 1980s yeah it's probably still not progressive there right now but so at this time they're like oh it's a devil versus house and the two guys who live together you know um and it should be noted that scudder was actually a confirmed member of the anton levey era church of satan um and sometimes charles would introduce themselves as satanists and jerry would be like speak for yourself smart ass i'm a catholic um but so in in this theme, Charles also put giant white pentacles on the side of his Jeep. And now I'm really jealous and I want giant pentacles on the side of my Jeep. I may do this. Yeah. I don't know. This is a project for later. It's probably coming. Um, and so like everyone's like, oh, he's a devil worshiper. And the, the various sources I read, this is my gist on Charles. Charles was a scientist and he was an atheist. Um, he liked the Church of Satan, who at this time was really atheistic, and really because it just had a hedonistic philosophy, wasn't judgmental about sexuality, and he was interested in metaphysics and the occult. 
AKA but. he was a fucking goth without the eyeliner. So he's just, you know, he's a big, you know, if he was had been born, you know, 20 years later, he would have been hanging out the church. You know, like he's yeah, he's just a fucking goth, is really the, the, what it is. The church is the church is the goth club in Dallas. Just sorry, guys. You all should know that. How do you not know that? Um all right, so that's kind of the base of the main house. There's a second part of the house, which we do need to talk about, and that's a chicken coop. So this building was separate from the main house, and it was three levels. And the first level was a literal chicken coop. The second had a gay pornographic library, and the third uh, was called the pink room. So everything in there was decorated pink. There was mattresses with pink sheets, and there was some S&M gear in there. And this is really where Scudder would entertain friends that he didn't want in their main house, because sometimes you're like, I'm going to bring some scuzzy people over, and we want to hang out and party, but... I don't want you in my house. Like, and so I'm here for this too. Relatable. Yeah. Very yeah. relatable. relatable. Yeah. And so while staying away from the town for the most part, they did welcome guests and Charles would entertain them with his homemade wine because he still like gets really into making this wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would have visitors from pen pals Charles made through gay, tra- gay trade magazines. And he did write to a lot of convicts. Um, and there mm-hmm. was a lot of pictures that were exchanged with these pen pals that maybe not were, you know, Hmm. Yeah. But you know, you can send you can send dick pics dick pics dick pics over like your text that day. So yeah. I, yeah. but basically, you know, they're just living their best life in the woods. They're having a grand old time. So now we're gonna get to 1982 and the shit bags. Fucktards. Shit bags are other words I can say for this. But so this fucktard petty criminal, Kenneth Avery Brock, uh, started partying out with them. And, you know, he got real drunk and he had some sort of sex with Charles. And he kept coming back, though. He really liked them. He was like, oh, this is like a fun time. So he convinced his roommate, the asshat Tony West, uh, to go with him. And he was like, yeah, come out, come hang out with the devil worshipers. They're cool. They make wine. It'll be a great time. So they went up there and they met up with Scudder and his two dogs. By 1982, Beelzebub, unfortunately, had passed, but they got another uh-huh. Mastiff named Lucifer. So uh, Asenith was, Ar- Arsenith was still alive, but Lucifer was there. So we had these two giant dogs in them. And they all get drunk, and then uh, Aver- uh, Wes is kind of sitting on the side, and he sees Charles giving Brock head. Uh, and then Charles is like, looks over and he sees that tony is watching and he's like can i you know do this for you too and tony's like no um but you got i think they just hang out and finish their drinks and then on the way home Wes just started like nailing into brock about this all was homophobic bullshit i can't believe and so brock was the type of person who really wanted to impress tony so Mm. he he like starts getting obsessed about this and being called queer and just is like he can't handle it so finally he's like i'm gonna kill that motherfucker and um and then Tony was like, well, if you're going to kill them, you might as well make it worth your while. And they started really obsessing with this idea that Charles and Jerry, uh, Joey had a lot of money and valuables at the house. Uh, which they didn't because when I say Charles had a modest and got a modest inheritance, like it was a modest inheritance. They got like, like, he, probably, hundred, like he bought the land and that's probably it. He bought the land. By hand. That's why they had to build this motherfucker by hand. Yeah. I mean, good. Yeah, yeah. He had it got a hundred dollars a month off like, like, annually you know a hundred dollars a month which is like not annually monthly but he had a hundred dollars a month from that inheritance and then a hundred dollars a month from um his from the school 
So yeah. they're basically living off of $200 a month and they're growing all their shit. They have like a bee cow to make honey with. They're growing all their vegetables. There's no electricity at the place. There's no water, there's no gas. So pretty much they're just living sustainably like yeah. you know, like every green person would want to be right now. But yeah, mm. they're not rolling in money. They had nice things, but that was because he brought them from the, you know, from the mansion. So it looked nicer than it was. So, but anyways, these assets decide that they're going to rob the couple and they put the plan to motion on the night of December 12th, 1982 and Brock and Wes do, uh, they pick up his nephew, West nephew, Joey Wells, and also the date that he had Teresa Hudgens. She was 18 at the time. There's a lot of, Teresa is where we get a lot of a story from, um, but I can't imagine like this being the date that you get taken with. Like, oh, we're going to go riding around. We're going to go to the devil worshiper's house. And this, she's going to have like the worst night of her fucking life. Yeah. Yeesh. And so they count- heard, I distinctly remember you mentioning the pink room now. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do yeah. remember this. Okay. All right. The rum haze is receding. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. They're on out with Teresa. Right. So the four of them take a car up and they go to Scudder's house. And I am mainly going with the account that Teresa gave um, because she's the only one I think of this for that was probably worth a shit. Um, there's a bunch of other things that are coming out later. Um, but so basically the group goes up to the pink room. Joey is in the other house. He's in the main house. He's finishing up dinner. He's with the dogs. And so they go up to the pink room. Scudder goes and gets some wine. Uh, they start passing bottles around and Teresa says she just, just pretended to drink and she didn't think that Scudder had, had any. And so while they're drinking, Avery said, I'm going to go downstairs and get something. And he comes back with a 22 rifle. Uh, and so when they've been going out there, Teresa was like, you have a gun? Why do you have a gun? And they're like, oh, I just have it. And they're like, well, it's Georgia or Hunter's. Like, this is probably fine. Uh, so when he brings up the, the rifle in, Scudder infamously said, bang, bang, because he thought it was a joke. He was just yeah. like, I was like, what? no one's going to think like, why are you bringing, you bringing this rifle in to kill me? Like, So he gets up, um, Scudder gets up to adjust a lamp and Avery grabbed him and put a knife to his throat and started asking for money. And Scudder kept telling him, he was like, I don't have any. And then they gagged him and tied his hands and feet. But they did pull the gag down to ask him questions, including who was in the house. And he was like, Joey. And he kept trying to talk them out of it, like thinking it was like a joke or just a game. He's like, I'll go along with your game. Like, what game do you want to play? Like, I, whatever weird shit you're doing. Like, oh, yeah, this can't be real. Uh, so Teresa and Joey, this Joey, ran out and they ran down the ladder and they tried to get in the car because they're like, shit's getting weird. Um, but it wouldn't start. And that the, Tony ran after them with a the gun. Um, so basically they go back into the pink room. At this point, Avery had the knife on Scudder, who wasn't saying anything. And Avery took the gun and said, I'll go down and get rid of that man and the dogs. And then he went out and the, everybody in the room heard shots. And Avery came back and he said, I've killed the dogs and I've killed the man, you fucking monster. You fucking killed the dogs and the dogs weren't doing no. anything like no. they were fucking sleep they were no. ar- they were around the uh the wood stove and just sleeping these motherfuckers i not nah. i didn't know if i was gonna be able to get through that part okay so at this Mm-mm. point cutters scutters just moaning and crying and Avery takes him down the ladder. So he's tied and they take him still down the ladder that way down through mm-hmm. three stories 
And they take him to the house and like, he's upset and he's trying to stop by, by Odom and he's kneeling and they wouldn't let him. They had to step over the body. They had to go past the dogs and they uh-uh. take him to the library and they kept trying to say where the money and valuables were. And he's like, I don't have any. And then Tony was like, well, where's your soldering iron? And Scudder was like, I don't have any electricity. You fucking moron. And we didn't say you fucking moron, but he should have. Cause I would have right. said you fucking yeah. moron. What the hell do you think? There's no electricity here. Why would I have a fucking soldering iron? Um, so Scudder is like still getting up. He's trying to get to Odom, and that's when he got shot the first time. Then Scudder, while bleeding, at, this is how good of a man he was. He's got shot the first time. He's a 22, so it's in his head, so he's still alive. And he asked Teresa if she's doing okay. Like he's concerned about her while his partner of 20 years is lying dead on the ground with his dogs. With and he's dogs. like, Yeah, and he's concerned about this poor girl. Like that is that is an amazing person. Uh, yeah. So basically, the dick wads push him back down in the chair. Uh, Tony gets shot, uh, and Tony shot him in the forehead like two more times, and then said, "No, tell me by God, I don't have the guts to kill somebody." Fuck you, dick. Um, so Scott, but Scudder still wasn't dead because they're shooting him with a twenty-two. Like, oh, it's, uh, and if you guys don't know like calibers or anything, they're very small. They were tiny, tiny. Point two is very small. It'll be, like a lot of times it'll just go into the flesh. Or if it does go further in, it can bounce around and do damage if it gets like through far enough into the body to do like organ damage. But a lot of times it's just gonna like embed in your muscle and just fucking yeah. hurt and make you bleed. Like a, a lot of times, that's one of the things. Like people don't, anyways. Yeah, we don't, we don't need a gun lesson today. But there's your, that's but, your yeah. quick overview of twenty-two. It's very, very, very small caliber. Yeah, I mean, this so very, this very is small, why small, this small is why this took so long, right? And why both of them had to be shot so many times. Uh, so the dickwads then kept trying to search the house for something of value, and Teresa says that during this time, Tony cornered her and propositioned her. Good lord! Oh my, yeah, I'm like, Ugh! so yeah. they tried to take the harp, but it wouldn't fit in the car. Um, oh and at this point, like Avery went and found out that Odom was o- Odom wasn't dead and shot him again. So he shot him again, you fucker. And in the way, in the end, all that they got away with a handful of dimes and nickels, bits of jewelry, a camera and a stereo, some silver candelabras. They stole his leather jacket, uh, fuck you, and a gold-plated dagger. They also took his Jeep. They took his Jeep. Ugh. The so Jeep? They took the pinnacle Jeep. Yeah, it was so That's rude. Okay. It's okay. So they talked about burning the house. And they were like, we know that's going to draw too much attention. So they drove away in the two cars. They finally got the other car started. So basically, Avery and Tony go on the run. And they're trying to get to Mexico. At a rest stop, and this is probably really why the things got bad for them. Because while, well, you know, 1982, they killed this middle satanic panic too or they killed two satan you know a satanist and a catholic who were gay homosexuals living yeah. in the woods uh but at a rest stop in mississippi they shot and killed a navy lieutenant to steal his 30 dollars and his car and this really fucked up mm-hmm. thing is too is like there the guy was like just take my money and take my car and go they take him off into the woods and they said like he was he was like cuffed at one point they like undid his cuffs and he he hit that it like popped one of them and that's why they shot him but whatever fuck you guys um so they ditch the jeep in louisiana and they take this guy's toyota uh they go to austin man um and a hitchhiker they, they're picking up hitchhikers like look like you're on the lamb and you're picking up hitchhikers like what the fuck so is weird. wrong with you so um so 
Shakira's like, oh, hey, there's a pawn shop over here. So they go to a pawn shop. They pawn the camera and stereo for $200. They get a, uh, get a motel and then they go to a teddy bar. I hate these guys so much. Um, so they go to a teddy bar afterwards and they're both drunk. They get into a fight um, because uh, Brock didn't want to let the hitchhiker stay there. And like Tony was like, fine. Like they're getting in a fight with a hitchhiker or some bullshit. So they Weird. split yeah they split up and uh eventually though they both end up going back and turning themselves in um and trying to keep their story as little as possible because i hate them and i don't want to give them anything um, yeah so Teresa had already come forward and told the cops what happened by the time they get back uh it took a while to find the bodies probably took like five days or so before like they were actually discovered because they were so off in the woods yeah. and like the first time like somebody had gone out there the jeep was gone so they just figured they went to town or something so right. they didn't go look and the second time came out and that's when they were found um anyway so like i said i don't want to talk they go on like there's plea guilties they go have fucking madhouse of a trial because devil worshippers right so this right. is like everybody is like crazy like all the media is there and then the motherfuckers try and say that they did this because the wine was laced with lsd which is a total one total fucking lie because they tested the wine while it didn't get introduced in the trial the wine didn't have any signs of lsd in it and the only time they came up with the story was after police had gone through and cleared out the house and they had found the three bottles of lsd that right. that he had brought with him from chicago and one of them was empty and one of them was half full and the other one was full but they this story didn't come into being until after that was found. They're like, oh yeah, no, so, we were high. And they still claim that shit right now. One of these motherfuckers, like sons has like a YouTube channel and thankfully it has very few views. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. You want to find it, you can look Don't for it, it, but- Don't plug it. Yeah, I'm not plugging that shit. Um, yeah, so anyways, so they're both in prison, blah. All right, so why is this story tied into this? Because uh, when originally when this came up, I was like, oh, haunted paintings. And there's a bunch of famous haunted paintings. Like, there is one in Austin, actually, at the Driscoll, mm -hmm. um, of a haunted little girl. And I actually didn't want to research into much of a haunted little girl. So, yeah. But this yeah. came up, like, I just happened to stumble across this while I was listening to, uh, to Morbid. Uh, so when clearing the house, one of the GBI agents, it's a Georgia Bureau investigation, like the state FBI kind of, um, yeah. the agents found a portrait. And a lot of people think this was a self-portrait. It was a man gagged uh, with his head bound in a chair with five headshots and five bullet holes in his head, which is, uh, according to the autopsy, the other people just according to the autopsy, uh, Scudder was shot five times in the head. Uh, yeah, and so everyone's like, oh, it was prophetic. I mean, granted, like, also the, the painting, like, is a dark-haired man, and Scudder was blonde at this point. He actually, he looked at some of his pictures. Somebody said he looks like uh, Dr. Cullen from uh, Twilight, and he kind of does. He really does. Right. He, was, he was a fox. Um, so the painting, though, eventually uh, gets sold to a private collector who also has the statue, the harp, and the gargoyle. So if you're that private collector, reach out. I want to meet you. I want to be your friend. Um, but yes. of course, the property is said to be haunted or cursed. Most of it has been burned over the years from a couple of arson fires, likely from super Christians trying to clear out the curse from the devil, the queer devil worshipers. Um, and the people who have taken things from the property, including people took the rose bushes, they took bricks. Like they literally, like while this scene was still being investigated, people were just going there and randomly taking shit from the house. I'm like, you're the worst cops ever. Um, but anybody who takes things from it, like has 
really bad luck. So they end up putting things back because they're just like, oh, That's you funny. know. Yeah. And, you know, being like most, there's some parts of the property are still there. You can see, uh, we also have a ton of pictures of the house. Um, a lot of it from Charles and that from other things. Um, so, uh, we'll post a lot of those pictures, um, cause they're really cool to look at. Uh, but people who go out there, of course, like it's become a place for like Satanists and like other like occult right. things. A lot of yeah. things have happened out there and there's always stories of people hearing harps and seeing mm. the glowing eyes and the puppers and hearing oh. gunshots, but also it's the woods in Georgia. So you're probably actually oh, gunshots. gunshots. Yeah. Gunshots and puppy whippers, whimpers. I would understand like you're yeah. here anywhere, but like glowing eyes and heart music. Not so much, yeah, not so much. I would stand out yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And this is my favorite ghost story from this. And we'll end with this. And this is from the Amy Petula book. And she had said she had just finished the original manuscript. And while getting a massage, she told her masseuse about what she'd just written. And he said, oh, I went to Corpsewood once with friends on a dare. And when he arrived, uh, while there were no other cars there, there were two men sitting in lawn chairs where the house had, men, had been. The men appeared about in their 40s. And they met there at that spot, that, the same, that spot on the same day every year and they talked about what had happened when they were there and they just chatted and the boys went off to explore in the woods and when they got back the men were gone and when given the description of what they look like amy went to her car and got the manuscript with photos of charles and his jaw dropped and the masseuse said the blonde man was identical to the photo right down to his style of dress which mm-hmm. i think is you think that you're like good i'm like that is beautiful i'm like oh you just come out here and you want to every day you come out here and you sit and you kind of hang out in the property because this is the castle that you built and you guys and they're still just hanging out and, and enjoying what they did i think that's really beautiful it is beautiful but i also don't necessarily want to like happen upon it i'd love to realize the idea no i'd rather do that than hear some fucking harps i don't like the harp so well, yeah fair anyway so yeah. that i told you it was gonna be long but it was it's a good one it. though it's a good story it's so I beautiful could. yeah i i said i just fell in love with these two and i especially felt charles i was like yeah you were my sis my brother from another mother he was just like yep yes. uh my little my little spooky goth friend and i'm really and really shitty that people suck and but i'm glad that for at least a while they got to live their best life so yeah yes. yeah all Love right, it. so let's go back. <laughs> okay, <sighs> deep breaths. I'm, gonna get over the, I'm not going to get over the dogs for a while. Uh, it's, it's not okay. We have strong feelings about animals dying in movies and things. Like we give like warnings to each other. Like you can watch this, the animal, they don't kill the dog. Okay. No, that, that needs to be in the description. Like there yeah. should be a like warning. Like, oh, there's a warning for if people are smoking a fucking cigarette. I'm like, I don't need a warning about that. Everybody knows it's bad for you. I still do it. It's okay. Movie doesn't influence that. What makes me mad, I want a warning if there's a fucking animal that gets killed. That's all I need is the, the cat dies, the dog dies. Like that needs to be like the little warning in the top. Oh, sexual, you know, just conversations of a sexual nature. Fuck you and your sexual nature. I need to know if the animal lives. Yeah, I know both Diana watched of Love and Monsters on different planes. Yeah. Um, when we were coming in and uh, both yeah. was like expressed afterwards, like I was so concerned about that dog. Yeah. That was all I cared about was whether or not that dog lived. And yeah, when I said when I showed you the pictures of these boys, oh my God, like you're gonna be you're gonna want to go to prison in Georgia and go find these motherfuckers and stab them in the eye. Because I do mastiffs. mastiffs are cool dogs, but I like large dogs as we know. So. Yeah, I, like large dogs are the best. Sorry, small dogs. You're kind of cool, but like large dogs you fucking rule so there's no uh, space in the bed yeah, that's okay i don't have anybody in my bed the cat well i have a seven pound cat and she takes them out the bed so <laughs> all right all right let's get back to this episode 
All right, so we're going back to the auction house. I think is where we stopped off. Uh, we stopped off so, with yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the with the guy in the murder family, murder family. Um, so yes, so murder family the at the library, and he's super excited that they're talking about this family and get basically. Um, Lost my note spot. That's where I was at. So basically, they figure out that Isaiah. The story is is that this is the Isaiah Isaiah Merchant family, um, and that Isaiah was accused. Uh, he was a barber who was accused of cutting his entire family's throats and then killing himself. That's the story. So and that and I'm like in the library and the, and the guy. I was like and the guy keeps chuckling about it. Weirdo. That's <laughs> what I wrote down. But then you're like ah. Oh. So like, my um, people. <laughs> and they're like, well, do you have a picture of this family? And they have a picture and they pull it out. And it's basically the painting. Only the I, Isaiah is facing a different direction. He's facing forward. So anyways, but apparently the family was all cremated. So they're trying to, they've got to figure out what's, what's missing here. Cause if the favorite cremated, they were burned, which means that there wouldn't be anything haunting the painting anymore. So what's going on? Uh, then we cut away back to the auction house and good old, uh, uh, Sarah's daddy has just sold the painting for a stupid sum of money, apparently. So now they're uh, trying to figure out, like, just like why this painting hasn't, why, why it is not destructible. But um, and then Dean is just totally pushing the Sam and Sarah thing. It's kind of like I get why Sam's getting irritated, but I also think Sam's being a bitch. So there we well, go. Well, Sam's being a bitch, but also someone told me that I need to get laid so I can stop being so pissy. I would also be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know? no, Dean, Dean's being skeevy as fuck. Don't get me wrong. And then eventually, though, he is like, he goes beyond the just get you get your dick wet. Like he does go into the yeah, I he finally goes into I know. Off. Yeah. He, he gets to the I know that this is about Jess, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he's like, well, that's the main part, but that's not all of it. And then, like, won't, once again, shuts down. So now Sam's being shut down again to dean as well as to sarah so whatever finally they find out that they find out from sarah that the painting sold and he's like i need the address which is like seems like a violation of privacy but we'll get there so sarah goes with them to uh we cut to a scene with like this older woman reading by the fire and now she's hung this fucking creepy ass painting in the very prominent place above her fireplace and she is not drunk i don't think she's drinking tea unless her teacup's full of wine been there so or whiskey or whiskey. i'm just yeah. saying but i'm she's like whis- uh, she's whiskey in a teacup was actually at the, our bar and uh, that, in that was at our bar so yeah um but also <laughs> did, like but also like these people like want beyond that like i'm just so lazy like i will buy something and like it takes me forever to find a frame for it. at least it's already came in a frame but yeah it's gonna take me a while to put something up. where it's gonna go <laughs> yeah it's already hung anyways i'm like so and evelyn like you're like 90 you hung that by yourself did you have some i guess she's also overpaid for this ugly painting is basically what they're saying anyways i don't know so of course now the the dad's head moves again um and uh the older woman there was one weird thing like she put her reading glasses down we find out her name's evelyn but she the woman bought the painting she puts her glasses down and there's this kind of this weird thing where i know they're trying to do something really cool visually but it kind of didn't make sense to me because they don't give the impression that this spirit is ever invisible everybody that that they should be seeing getting attacked makes eye contact with something they're looking at it attacking them but then all of a sudden like she's just sitting there and we see like this fucking like the razor float past the front of her glasses like in the reflection i'm like this doesn't make any fucking sense so there's my bitch about an editing thing. Anyway, I was like, that, what? Like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, okay, you're trying to make do something cool visually, but it didn't make any sense with the story. There you go. Um, 
so anyway, she, of course she looks from her, up from her tea and screams and we know that she's got her shit slit now too this is where sarah shows that she's kind of like this is where she starts seeing that sarah's kind of a badass um yeah because they give her the ghost a real speech and then she's just just like yeah I'm gonna fucking run with this. So yeah, go Sarah. Well, not yet. Not that oh, she hasn't gotten oh, to ghost to real. She goes. To, she they just go and find out that that Evelyn's dead. And oh shit! Sorry, I skipped first. my notes. Oh no, Sorry. you were almost there. The ghost is real. Yeah. But they go in and they're like, oh, you're watching and you're like, oh fuck, she ain't moving. You know her throat's <laughs> like, the bad's gonna happen. And Sarah had to go touch her, and her little neck split. Her little neck split open. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like nearly headless Nick, not totally decapitated, but kind of. <laughs> Oh, now she's going to have to be nearless, headless, headless Evelyn. I know. Well, it's just someone to hang out with, maybe. Since, I mean, nearly headless Nick was really, like, upset he couldn't be part of, like, the... the Yeah, so he could, they could have their own team. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so, and then Isaiah's head is in a different, is looking a different direction again in the painting at that point. Yeah. They did really good with that, like, kind of like the tweaking on it. And I knew watching, I'm like, there's something that we're supposed to be looking for in this, which obviously there is, but there we go. (laughs) So this is where she gets her ghost a real speech because there she comes in. She's yeah. fucking pissed. She's like, I just lied to the cops. What the fuck is going on? Why is it like, why is this? Why is she dead? Are we in danger? What the fuck? And uh, they're like, yeah, so this basically this painting's haunted. And what we do is like chase haunted shit. And she's like, well, that's fucked up. Uh, I don't believe you prove it to me. But also they, she had seen the painting move like while they were there. So she's kind of like, am I convinced? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, would you think they're? Mer- I mean, I, based on timing, I would probably be like, okay, like maybe they're real. Like, yeah, I'd probably be buying it. Hot guys will tell me a lot of things. I'll buy. Not that but they're then, TV producers, but you know, yeah, so. not TV producers, but a lot of other things. But it was pretty yeah. funny though, because she's just like, well, let's fucking get it. Let's do this then. Like, let's go. <laughs> and then Dean turns and like, Sam, marry that girl. <laughs> I was like, All right, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. That's cute. Because she because she was awesome. All yeah. right. So they go back and they start breaking into this house. And I do love the fact that the angle of the camera was like makes the sign look like do not crime. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, <laughs> do not do crime. Not crime. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like while they're in the house, they're kind of like, well, during the daylight, we think we're okay. But um, and that's when they figure out that. Well, first Isaiah's head's turned again and he's looking at the little girl in the painting that, that's one of his children, one of his it's his adopted daughter, is what we had found out earlier when the when they were doing the research. No, we don't we don't find the adopted daughter till later. They said that she was adopted when they were doing the research at the library or the, the book. Oh, uh, I thought that came out at the end because they said something at the end. Okay, whatever. They do again. Yeah, they talk more yeah. detail at the end about it. Okay. Um they say why she was adopted at the end. Okay. Um, so, and then they noticed some other things have changed about the painting, like from the original picture, their reference picture, like the razors open in one and closed in the other and the background painting changes too. So behind there's a painting of the, in a fucking painting, which I don't, whatever, but the background of the original painting, which is their printout they have from research is a fucking boat or something. And the new, in the painting on the, on Evelyn, on dead Evelyn's wall is like a crypt and it's the merchant crypt. So they go on a mission. Of course, they'd either have to go to a bunch of fucking creepy graveyards. And yeah. Dean's like, also, go, to, like, go to a bunch of boneyards. Like, well, actually, I'm really happy about the cemetery, but it's like, this is also really feeling like that mirror game that you play in the bar. We used to play in bars where you would like, you know, have to like figure out which thing was like different from each yeah. of the, the yeah. painting, the pictures. Oh, we, we went to like Elm Street Bar and places like that and like do like everybody would just like, it was like the naked chick one where you'd go back and forth yep. and figure out what was different. The, the, what's wrong? Yeah. What's the difference between these two naked women? 
Yeah. And they always highlight the ones that were not naked women. They just weren't as fun. And I was like, no, I want to go. And they were never like really naked. They were like skin and max naked. And right. it was just like, and it was like, I don't know how much money I spent on those machines. Cause you wanted to make it as well. Service bar had one too, right? Yeah. It was, well, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of bars had them. Cause yeah, it was well, just like, was just because we don't have, yeah, we don't have like, you know, cause gambling, the slot machines. I was like, I'm here at this bar and this is what I'm, this is my excuse to sit here and drink and to, to play with this game. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Funny. Yep. Different. Right, so we get so, we go to our cemetery with the creepy birds. Like, yeah, my place. Of course. And I like that Sarah asks Sam at this point, so this is what you guys do for a living. And he's like, he basically he's like, except basically, except we don't get paid. She's like muzzled off. I was like, all right, this is a weird combo. Uh, yep. Yeah, but, he's um, not looking like a winner, Sarah. Not no, looking like a no. winner. Yeah. Uh, he's this already like have a five-year plan. No, no, he's not good for you. You are clearly educated. You have a bright future ahead of you. You can do better. Um, okay, so we go into uh, the mausoleum yeah. and creepy fucking dog. Doll, fuck that doll. doll. Oh my God. Fuck I didn't know this. But I didn't know this was a thing, but they were, they encased like the, if children used to would die, they were putting them in a mausoleum. They would encase their favorite toy or plaything in a piece of glass. Yep. Oh, what? It's already creepy enough. Now you made it more creepy. Well, Don't like I, it. And Sarah's it, like, "That's really creepy." And I'm like, "Yes, it is, Sarah." Yes, yeah, Sarah. Is. Sarah, you are right. You are correct. That it, that it, fuck that doll. But also, you, uh, Diana, clearly has not spent as much time in cemeteries as I have. Um, there's some good. There's Fair. some good mausoleums, and you know, good good cemeteries. And like, uh, one of my favorite cemeteries is in Buenos Aires, and uh, I also love a cemetery because it's full of cats. I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, but so like the richer you are, like the bigger, like it's, it's like new Orleans or most of the, cement, yeah. the, the burials are above, above ground, ground. Mm-hmm. but yeah, the richer you are, the, the bigger plot of land you have. Right. And people like, they always say like, they were just, instead of paying into retirement, they're paying into that. So there's a bunch of really cool ones that you can walk around in the cemeteries there and like, see what's inside and see what people like put inside of them. Like it's, it's really neat. Diana's making a face saying this is not me and I'm mm. like it's so cool like no, not if you're allowed to put creepy dolls in it okay yeah you can't put dolls in it but also like the boy got like a baseball mitt but I'm like no like dolls are not allowed that's just that's just that's plain just creepy. that that's they're just gonna kill you because all yeah. dolls will kill you that's just the, the way it goes um yeah. while they're there they really there's an urn missing though when they're counting and they're like oh fuck good old Isaiah doesn't have an urn here so something's something's not right Isaiah didn't get cremated with the rest of them and so they're like, well, son of a bitch. Now we got to find out how I, where Isaiah's body is. And so of course, Dean's trying to like do his social engineering to figure out like what the death certificate is. And Sam basically tells Sarah like, oh yeah, he's totally just getting this information from lying in there. And she takes that in stride pretty well, actually. Like he's yeah. just like going to go bullshit his way and get this information. And they have their like semi-sweet moment over her fucking eyelash. Which was- I, I like how you said semi-sweet and I'm like, ugh, blowing on the eyelash gross. <laughs> and it was cute it just was like really uh, and then like it was just a really like Make awkward a conversation. She's, she's all like all right just tell me what 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 what's the what she's like all right and i'm like all right this, this, bitch, this is a bad bitch i like her yeah and she's like what is the deal what is wrong and he's like trying to like like fumbling for like dumb excuses and oh you're gonna get hurt if you're with me and she's like motherfucker we just like 
been in all these crazy ass places already and you don't know that i can get hit by a, a bus tomorrow which is kind of one of my like and also just like i love the crew cut out your archaic bullshit like it's oh, just yeah. it's like i can take care of myself like, like, like how- that's sweet and archaic it's i was like all right yeah like how dare you tell me how i'm supposed to feel and that you have to protect me go mm-hmm. fuck yourself sam and i'm like i was like why are you still trying for this guy like damn it sarah i know you i know you i am you like this guy nope he's gonna make you work for it and he's not gonna be worth it he's no, not don't for- like, you can't force it if you, nope. he, ain't, he ain't down you're not gonna be able to force it because he's already emotionally unavailable he's made that abundantly clear he wouldn't even tell you his stupid stories when you were pouring your heart out to him nah Anyways. yeah but also i don't know why that's so attractive you're like what oh you have you have pain but you're not gonna share it with me oh i must know this pain i can fix this pain no you can't sarah you can't run away <laughs> All right, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just like, I can't go through that pain again. Okay, <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like 22. Okay. Okay, emo Sam with your fucking shaggy hair. All right, yeah. so we're and gonna so, find. Out- anyways, ends up Isaiah wasn't burned, wasn't cremated with the rest of the family. Sam, Dean shows up, and they both snap out of this like little weird, awkward thing real quick, and basically they find out that everybody was so ashamed of isaiah for killing his motherfucking family that they gave him a popper's funeral and he was actually just buried so okay like, well, and again fuck. i know we i know we talked about this in another episode this is not how popper's grave works still there's a lot of we get a lot of repeats of things that have pissed me off and pissed me off in this episode so yeah popper's grave you can't find them that's where they buried poor people it's just a hole in the ground yeah, it's not usually well labeled. Burrow, burrow owls may be going not, after. Like, there's not going to be like a lot of like grave markers. Those were expensive, and they are expensive. Yeah, because they're poor. This is where they put the poor people. Poor people didn't get graves. Yeah. So by auction houses. But anyways, all right. So we do. We are going to get Dean digging a grave again. Yeah. We do get Dean Dean digging a grave. <laughs> Dean digging a grave. Uh, and then um, I like Sarah's comment though. During this, she's like. You guys seem seem to be uncomfortably comfortable with this. And and Sam's like, Sam does to kind of get a little self-aware. He's like, Yeah, I can't say it's the first time we've done this. Still think I'm a catch? <laughs> yeah. No, Sarah, run, run, Sarah. So okay. So uh they go, but it's like, okay, yeah, burn the corpse. Woohoo! And at least this time they don't just leave. It's like for once, at least it didn't like we burned the corpse. So clearly hey, we're done. Bye. Like, at yeah. least they're like we're gonna go check i'm like i appreciate this you've learned good boys good boys all right so they go back and they good go back old, to check good, out the painting. good old dead evelyn's house Near, oh, nearly okay. headless evelyn nearly headless um, evelyn and, and sam and sarah are going in and dean has to fuck with them and try to play a cute song to set the mood and it's kind of weird so i looked it up and i, I had trouble finding like the song like a little bit Apparently in the on the original version of the show or on the, on the TV version, excuse me. Yeah. They were playing a Grand Funk Railroad song, Bad, Bad Time to Be in Love. Yeah. Funny. Uh, on the Netflix version, it was a song that I'd be like, yeah, Dean wouldn't own this. I don't know the artist, so no knock. It just seemed very, once again, didn't make sense. It was some, a song called This Is What It's Like I'm In Love by Tony Phillips. And I'm like, oh. whoever the fuck Tony Phillips is. Like I saw this there. I was like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. And this sounds like adult contemporary music again. But, but it's also like gra- dentist office music. Sorry. Whereas, and where's that grand funk song? Like it's probably not the sexiest. I can also imagine this is what D would play. Like he'd, he'd, think, yeah. he'd, think, he'd think it would be like some sexy shit. He'd be shit. like, oh, Ooh, oh yeah. 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 
exactly. Where it would not be sexy at all, but he would think it is. Yeah, and everybody ignored my, you could not see like my oh so not sexy face where I was going, uh, uh, but yeah, there was like some lip curling. It was a thing. There was a lip uh, curl. There was definitely a lip curl. <laughs> yeah, so now we go back, they go in the house. So it's D, uh, Sam and Sarah in the house and when they go to look at the painting and the little girl is missing. And I'm like, son of a bitch, it's gonna be a fucking creepy little girl. It's gonna be a ghost girl. It's gonna be fucking evil. And I don't like this and I'm mad. And you knew that was yeah. coming, right? Yeah, no, also in very big, big font in mine is like fucking creepy ghost children. We're it's back to the goddamn fucking creepy fucking, ghost children. Fucking creepy ghost children. And, and what do we see on the show? No ghost children, no ghost children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that gif will come back out guys. It is going to be here, that's going to be the Insta. All right, so-, um, so There's like, like the door slams behind them. Um, they can't, Dean can't get in, they can't get out. They're like searching and apparently, apparently fucking nearly headless Evelyn doesn't own any salt. <laughs> Cause she's on a low sh- sodium diet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, love, and, I also love that Sam was just, I, I have written down somewhere, like low sodium freaks. What kind of house doesn't have salt? You know, damn right. I have so many kinds of salt and I have like buckets of it. I, I need buckets of salt. Um, I have, I'm pretty well stocked on salt. That's also why yeah. I'm, fu- I'm puffy. So, um, okay. So, and also this ghost child is making a fucking mess. Like there are papers everywhere. And nearly yeah, have the wind is blowing in the house. There's shit flying everywhere. They're trying to find something else to defend, like something made out of iron since they can't find salt. But and also, why did. Oh, so why does nearly headless Evelyn have all these papers? Like, like all these, like, un, like I was like, was she an accountant? Paperwork. Oh crap! I need to file my taxes. Um, so yeah, it's just like, why is there so many papers everywhere? Okay, now go on. So anyway, so the, and then so the door slamming and papers flying around, and then the fucking creepy little girl dragging her fucking doll, her creepy fucking doll. And then they start doing the shutter effect thing because you know how I feel about that. Yeah. So we get a creepy ghost child, we get a creepy doll, and Diana gets her shutter effect. Like, I was just like, not happy. The only <laughs> redeeming quality that made it less scary to me is I thought that this, my shitty comment is the, the little girl's makeup was kind of garbage. So there's my. No, point. her makeup was kind of garbage. And also, I thought her outfit was kind of cute. <laughs> it was just like, I like your little Victorian boots and the eyelet dress. Like, it's it's really hard to find like big things. Like, I have like, I bought a really giant dress from torrid so i could it was a black eyelet because it's so hard for me to find it so i can cut up the eyelet to make another dress out of because it's just so hard to find so i was like oh this little white eyelet dress with a little uh i could dye that and make something really cute out of it that's what liz is thinking yeah, and just her boots were cute. They were adorable. And so, but I'm also like that doll. The doll is the evil part. That's probably the dolls what made that child evil, but whatever. All right. So, anyways, right. He's like getting there. She's kind of like walking towards them with her little razor, razor in one hand and creepy doll in the other. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I can so, also see that be me being a child. So, <laughs> uh, so he sees, so Sam swings a, uh, a fireplace implement at her. It's made of iron. So that kind of like makes her dissipate for the moment um and she does like this crazy scream thing with her head and i didn't like it where her head like flies around in a circle with like open mouth (laughs) so they figure out like good old sarah's full of information and basically shares that sometimes those creepy old dolls would be made to look like the child that owned them and that meant literally using parts of the child that owned them to make them including their fucking hair yeah which i did know also ew um so 
I will say like, I have a problem. Like when I used to have extensions and I figured out, it was like, it's real hair. Like no. I was like, is there like a hair? Like, is there just some poor woman in India who's like, like sitting in a shop letting her hair grow until somebody comes by and cuts it. But yeah, so real human hair, but it's not my hair grosses me out. So ew. Also the way Sam talks to her on the phone and she's like, I have something to say. And he just like talks down to her like so bad. He was like, yeah, that's really fucking interesting, Sarah. Like, and was like kind of in the middle of something here. Fuck you, Sam. Like I would have punched him in the balls. I've been like, peace, you're on your own. Told you what's going on here. But Sarah, damn it, Sarah, run away. Um, yeah. So um yeah so it's creepy doll now i was gonna say the, the hair thing when you start talking about that it always reminds me of this old like canadian like sci-fi children's thing called the peanut butter prescription that came out like forever ago it's really creepy and it's about uh, a magic potion that makes people's hair grow and how it's being like harvested anyways it was made i'm so glad we're not in video terrifying. right now because i have it is terrifying so it's like- terrifying Look, look it up peanut butter prescription that's your mission list you'll find it it's great fuck you no it's um, the same vein of the electric grandmother it was like all like these really weird like, i don't canadian even sci-fi electric, for, like, i don't know what the oh, electric yeah. grandmother was why are you watching someone's canadian shit uh i don't my friend's mom had them and they were really weird and she was weird and it was fun Okay, all right, I'm down with that. So anyway, so Dean has to haul ass to go back to the mausoleum to go burn this motherfucking doll because apparently it's got the hair of the creepy little girl that wants to kill them while Sam and Sarah are in the house getting shoved around by furniture and thrown around the room by the doll with paperwork flying everywhere. Still. Yeah, and I, and I was just like, run, baby, run. Because she's just like, vroom. She's vrooming. Vroom. Vrooming, vrooming, vrooming straight through the cemetery gates. Yeah, that's my girl. Uh, so she she busts in and then like Dean's like, at, you know, there's a doll. And I'm like, yes, destroy the doll. Kill it with fire. Kill that <laughs> so, fucking doll. It was really funny though when he was like banging on the glass with the gun, the butt of the gun and it wouldn't break. And he's like, damn it, like starts to walk out. And he's like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Like turns around, and, like just shoots the glass. So I'm like. Well, I mean, so old glass should have broken pretty easily. But yeah. one, while it was satisfying watching the doll get burned um, after, of course, a lighter, which didn't work. Did you, were you thinking about the smell? Yes. That's what I thought of. I was like, I, I was like, I was like, this has to smell like shit. Because you're burning, burning fucking hair. Ew. A lot of hair too. The doll had a lot of fucking hair. That doll had more hair than I have. And my hair is not short, that short right now. Short by most people's standards, but like. Yeah, but you know. also have a lot of hair. So yeah, I suppose it's like, okay, that is a lot of hair. Like how much should they take off this girl's head? <laughs> right? And then you can Ugh. imagine being the poor woman who had to like weave this shit into Ugh. like a doll's head. Oh, probably do because women didn't have work. But yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, someone had a shit job. So, but. But that yeah. was like right when Sam, jumps in front of Sarah to protect her from the little girl. That's right when the hair goes up in flames. And then my note was, God, that had to smell terrible. And the little girl burns up and it's gone. And she reappears in the painting at that moment. And it goes back, everything in the painting goes back to being the original, which matches the photo they had from research right then. Yep. Boom. So yeah. And they they find out from research at and hear that Millie was the little girl's name. She was adopted, as as they mentioned before, they, there was adopted daughter, but that she was put up for adoption and became available for adoption because her birth family were all murdered in their beds. And Sarah's <laughs> like, I like Sarah's like, what's like, you know, what happened? You know, what you know, was there something that made her that way? Like Sam's kind of like, oh, some people are just kind of fucking evil, like. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, like people who murder dogs. Like some yeah. people are just fucking evil. Yeah. Um, 
but also that is unusual for a girl that young to start murdering her family. That's that is that is an unusual story. Um, yes. I would think that would have made some headlines somewhere. But. Yeah, and you'd think that there'd be like, well, I mean, I guess obviously back then no one knew that it was her, but i don't know yeah. so weird i don't know so, okay i'm kind of pro evil girl i think she's kind of adorable uh, as much no, as i hate creepy no, ghost children i kind no. of like this one you can't because it's a evil creepy ghost children you can't do it but she's yeah. a creepy victoria like she's just cute she's adorable no, she's like not. i can just see her like i think like didn't hot topic make like a bunch of like murderous little dolls yes. at some point yeah i yeah. think she would be one of those i bet yeah. she was we can probably find probably, it probably actually i oh, actually now now i now i want to search for those things on ebay uh oh. but then my house would be Haunted. Ugh, I don't know. You can't, no dolls. I know. I can't have dolls. I can't. Uh, yeah. You already anyway. have insomnia issues. What are you doing to yourself? Well, if I had the right evil doll, then it would kill the other evil. I don't know. That's that's uh, complicated. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's gonna be. It had to be a balance. Like I gotta get the one with the right razor blade, and but she has to have the cute shoes. Like, because I think if like the evil ghost has like cute shoes, and she's just not as mad, so she's just gonna be kind of like you know just a serial killer. Which or she's is, just know, really tough. She's like, my shoes are cute as fuck, and I will fuck you up. Uh, I will fuck you up with my my cute ass shoes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, no. so all right. So Sarah's so Sarah, like Sarah's like burn that fucking painting now. And the workers are like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, no, I'm serious. Yeah, which like, Sarah, badass bitch, like Sarah a lot. Yes. You're dumb dumb when it comes to dudes. But yeah, I, I appreciate this. Like now we're not taking them to fucking burn it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh Dean awkwardly leaves to go leave so they can have a, so sam and sam and sarah can have a private moment and he's all like grumbling to himself oh, I, just, I, just did every, I just did everything blah, blah. okay okay dean so sarah tries to convince sam that this was a sign that he's not cursed and so that he should be open to trying things blah blah and sam's like no can't sorry and leaves and then she like stands against the door, pining, staring off in space, thinking about him. Yeah, I'm also like Sarah, stop trying to make it happen. Not gonna happen. Just, just stop. Like, yeah. just give it up. But wait, he comes back, and they have a passionate kiss. And then Dean like is like totally staring it down awkwardly and really creepy. It, that was really creepy. I was like, also stop looking so like, fucking satisfied. He like, was very like, much enjoying that? watching that make out. I was like, oh shit, okay. Dean, uh, but maybe that maybe that fan fiction had something to get be said for no, it. I don't no, know. No, 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 no. But yeah, I mean, also like, but like the kiss makes it worse, man. Because you're just like now you're putting into her head that something is possible. Like Sam is just gonna go off in his merry ass way, and she's gonna be thinking about him. He's gonna fuck her up for like the next like year or so. She's gonna be like, hopefully trying not to... that long. Hopefully not that long. I mean, they but she's gonna, gonna be te- she's day. gonna be texting. She's him. gonna be fucking bummed. She's gonna have to go get some fucking hog and dawes or some martinis. I mean, it's it's a thing no we're we're in texting time now so she's gonna be texting him and he'll text her back and be like i'm thinking about you and then she's gonna be like oh sam you're so cute and like he's just like like falling in love with a musician like he's just gonna go on tour it's not gonna happen girl sarah not happening just let it go Uh, god i'm projecting a lot oh i'm trying to make fetch happen (laughs) fetch is never gonna happen sam is never gonna happen sarah just take it. Just take the fact that, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So my overall summary of the episode was there were some cool story aspects. I kind of liked some of the funny stuff that was involved. There was some funny stuff with them. Then with the auction house and all that. And then, uh, and like the really cool scenery with that. And then with the motel. Um, 
I hate creepy ghost children. We know this. I don't like the shutter effect. We know this. Um, I didn't feel like it was a very good character development of anybody in this episode because really it was just showing Sam being more stunted and Dean being skeevy, things we already know. And then, <laughs> except I like Sarah a lot. I thought she was a really good, really great character introduction. Um, and then... Um, yeah, we finally got a woman in this who was worth something. And there's probably something to say that there were 19 episodes in and there have been like maybe uh, the girl oh, in... There's been like one or two other girls that were worth yeah. a damn. So, yeah. is, but also Dean, it's, it's a Dean's, male Dean room. Had, Dean had a good Dean had a good love interest at one point who was not like she was not yeah. lame. She was a tough bitch. Um, but that's really like kind of it. There's not a lot of that. So, yeah. um, yeah, it wasn't like the great greatest character development. There was some inter- really entertaining parts. There was some really like annoying parts and some really creepy parts. But I wouldn't be like woo. But I'm all, I'm not mad at the episode either. I enjoy it. I think it's a fun episode. Uh, I just fucking hate creepy ghost children. Well, we all hate creepy ghost children. That's just that's a general rule, except this one because she was cute. So uh, she's 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 the exception. Yeah, so she's she's fine. Like creepy ghost children, but this one she's okay. She has a little razor and it's Uh -uh. cute. No, yeah. If she didn't have the razor, I probably would say something different. But I also just like the way she carried her doll was just kind of adorable because she's like dragging that shit in the ground. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't know. I like this creepy ghost girl. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, agree to disagree. But all right. Anything <gasps> else? No, that's all I got on this uh, one. All right. Well, I hope you had a lovely birthday episode, Diana. Yes. And cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Roscoe. Meow.